We're being invaded, but instead of little green aliens, it's the big tech companies. And instead of UFOs, they're using that little phone in your back pocket to learn more about you and influence you more than you probably know. Join us today on the Happy Holy Hour for what is not a conspiracy theory episode. (laughs) Sounds like it to me. (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to... I need to do another No, you're good. You're good. Come on. You need a drink, partner. What do you think you're cooking around here? Stop it now, I mean it. You're ignorant. You're acting like a child. Welcome, everybody, to the Happy Holy Hour podcast. I'm Travis, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Jared and Tyler. Hello. Yeet. Today, we're going to be talking about what, it, again, is not a conspiracy theory uh, episode. We're going to be talking about the digital invasion, and we're going to get to that in just a minute. But right now, i got to catch up with my boys because it's been a busy time, hasn't it? Very much so, man. I haven't seen you guys or felt like I've talked to you guys in a while. Jared, you were out last episode. And you come back uh, clean now? I am clean. I am like free clean. from that smoky white devil. Oh, wait. Are we talking about the same thing? Yeah. No. <laughs> to clarify. <laughs> Coronavirus. Yes. Yes. Jared, I, you had to get tested for work, and you are negative. Yeah. I had so. a, um, a, I guess, a fever. Got sick. Mm. Missed two days of work. And they're like, yeah, you need to go get tested. Nice. You were out. So, you feeling um, better now? Yeah. Yeah, you're I'm not, good. You're not sharing anything with us? No. Okay. No. Not that I know <laughs> so I don't check. Tyler, what about you? You're recovering <laughs> no. from uh, from work. Yeah, yeah. You had so, a big event. Yeah, so that the ministry that I worked for had the absolute privilege of hosting an event to bless pastors and uh, you know refresh them in, in many ways, including a, a nice meal from Shady Maple, which is awesome. If you're from around here, you know that that's a big deal. And uh, we got to partner with some really cool ministries like Reformation Twenty One, Banner of Truth, PNR Publishing, Olive Tree. Uh, to give a lot of resources away to pastors, which was an awesome experience to be a part of. I'm yeah, that also... was that was pretty cool because I was there too. I was there with as one like I don't know vendor kind sponsor of sponsor. sponsor. I guess we were calling them not vendor, but kind of like a vendor. Anyway, yeah. I was there with the ministry. I work at a camp, and we were doing like a giveaway thing for pastors, just a small part to help them. But man, you guys, yeah, you guys really took it to the next level. It was really professional, and like I think pastors really feel felt appreciated and blessed. It was pretty cool. Like they walked out of there with what, like over a grand worth of resources that they took yep. advantage of everything. I think they said, it was yeah, pretty cool. It was awesome, but, and yeah, I mean, like pastors this year especially have been going through like, yeah, just a really tough time. You know, like you know when you have a, a flock of sheep, is that what yeah. you call a bunch of sheep? A flock? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's a flock um, or herd? Yeah. Uh, wait, <laughs> a stampede? <laughs> oh no! What if <laughs> when, when you is have call a fl- yeah? It's I think it's a flock. Of flock. Sheep. But now I'm just like thinking like goose season's in and i'm thinking like flock of geese and i'm like (laughs) well regardless uh, you know when you have a bunch of sheep you know some sheep might not be adjusting that well Mm -hmm. to the times with coronavirus and stuff so pastors have been put through the ringer and uh, it was a really great time to just be able to bless them i've also been busy i've also been busy lately networking for this podcast uh i've also been producing another podcast called Mm -hmm. the stewardology podcast i've been trying to just be a better check that out yeah they're kind of 
partners with us? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're kinda? they're kind of like low key ministry Affiliates? partners. Yeah, whatever you want. We like to promote each other a yeah. little bit. Uh, I've also been annoyed lately with the amount of campaigns calling my cell phone mm-hmm. and texting me. And, you know, and I it was funny because I worked on a congressional campaign over the last few months, and I realized that politics is probably something that I so you don't want to like be involved. You're in. like helping them with the marketing, and then you're getting targeted with the marketing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm just like, your own medicine there. <laughs> like, listen, please stop. <laughs> I Literally, know what you're doing. The other day, so my phone has a call blocker. Uh-huh. And I got a call the other day. It said, it literally said political call. <laughs> I was like, what the frick is this? I actually have not gotten a single one yet. Wow. Yeah. Who do you have as a carrier? Uh, Verizon. They must mm. be h- hooking you up, man. That's great. Yeah. So I guess that leads into our topic is big tech. Uh, you know, yeah. our phones know Talk a lot about, about us and uh, yeah. people have a lot of access to the stuff that we have uh, in terms of like what we're interested in, what our mm-hmm. political affiliations are, and we get ads that are targeted yeah. uh, to us. So yeah, yeah, it's been, today's episode should be interesting. Yeah, it, it should be. Hopefully it doesn't sound too much like a conspiracy episode, but having said that, is it just me or is sometimes like when I'm talking about a subject, like I'll like look on Facebook or something and there's ads for what I've talked about. Not, oh, not dude. like I know there's ad, like when you type stuff in and you search things, it oh, populates with it. ads, but I'm talking just like your phone was screen was off, whatever in the pocket and you in the other room or something. And I, I think I was talking about Lord of the Rings one day. I don't know how it came up, whatever. <laughs> And I kid you not, I look, go look at my phone right afterwards, and there's a bunch of Lord of the Rings ads. And I'm like, I didn't Google search anything. <laughs> I just talked about it. And all of a sudden, I'm just saying. I know creepy. exactly what you mean. Yeah. The other day, I... Nat, so, background. Natalie and I do all of our baby shopping on Natalie's phone. Uh, I have never searched any right. kind of baby product mm-hmm. on my phone. And we were talking about this cup for... Little mm-hmm. children, like a little silicone mm-hmm. cup, so you, it doesn't break or whatever. And what do you know? I'm looking through Facebook, and what are they advertising? Those exact cups that we were talking about. Mm. Do, 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 do. Crazy. I was looking up uh, hard drives this week, or I, I back up. I wasn't looking them up. I, I was, was talking. I was talking to my coworker <laughs> about hard drives because that's the kind of nerd that I am. <laughs> nice. And I, yeah, on Facebook there was now ads for external hard yeah, drives, and I was I'm like, get out of here. I'm telling can, you, man. Can I tell you guys about a conspiracy theory I heard today? I think go, it's the most. Go for it. Now we are one. a conspiracy theory episode. <laughs> I take everything back. I'm so sorry, people. So um, I heard someone talk about. Um, how the weather is controlled by four lasers that come out of Alaska. <laughs> is that a real thing? That, literally, yes. Like, there are four <laughs> lasers that shoot out of Alaska and control the world's weather. God help us. Yeah. I was like, wow. You believe in Alaska? <laughs> so I can't, like, was that story real or was that the joke? No, that was, that was a real story. Okay, because that, that kind of sounded happened. like... A joke, like where that was the punchline. I mean, it worked out. I was really confused. It worked out that way, but yes, it actually happened. Good dad. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Yeah. 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 It's been crazy, crazy busy for everybody. I know with uh, buying AI, we've been trying to like use our media time a little more wisely and like maybe watch some more educational stuff. So we were watching uh, The Social Dilemma, which is uh, a film. I know it's on Netflix, but I think it's other places as well. Um, 
<laughs> I do. I wanted to clarify because some people are like in the cancel Netflix, you know. So like, be like, you have Netflix. Actually, we're <laughs> we still watch it on like our, her dad's account. <laughs> That's what we do. Too. That's most Living of our the generation. Dream. Yeah. yeah, we just reach yeah. off of other our friends. Nobody actually families. pays for Netflix. The government Sorry, father-in-law, <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <clears throat> Anyway, it was pretty good. It was uh, talking about big tech and social media and just how much, uh, like kind of the darker side of uh, our digital use. Um, and it was mostly made up. They were interviewing uh, like people who were in big tech companies or had been like the president of Pinterest and all these other people who worked in Facebook, Google, all these different, all these different things. And it was really interesting. Um, I didn't agree with some of their worldview frameworks, but I did like I do agree with a lot of the factual stuff they're talking about, and it's just eye opening. I a lot of it I knew before. I'm auditing a class. Um, one of them is Intro to Digital Communication, so we talk about the ethics and everything like that, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, so after we watched that, we're like, "Whoa, this is really crazy!" And so I was like, "Hey, we should do an episode on it." So here we are, <laughs> for what is definitely not a conspiracy theory episode. <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh my goodness! Well, we're trying not. We'll we'll see what happens. We'll see where this gets us. So, <laughs> to kick us off, because um, some people will be like, "Is this really a problem?" Like, obviously, we all use digital media to some extent. Um, but here are just a few uh, stats to chew on, think about, uh, put things in perspective. Uh, ABC News in a 2019 article stated that teens are spending an average of seven hours, 22 minutes per day on their phone. Now, I don't know if this is actually correct. I mean, I know there generally tends to be a difference depending on your age, but everywhere else I was looking, I think the average was like three to five hours. Um, so, I mean, I believe probably teens are a little higher, but that does seem pretty high. But either way, it's the average for adult is still like three to five hours. Um, probably depends how they're measuring that too. Yeah. Um, I mean, although the three to five hours might've just been like on their phones. That's not other, like inf- that. I think it was just their phones. So like that doesn't include time you sit in front of watching your TV time on your computer. That's just time on their phone. So like, which it is a lot of time, but imagine how much more time it would be if we like added all that, like screen time. I guess that would be the way to call right, it. Yeah, all yeah. You add all your screen time together it would be quite a lot. Um, so that's one statistic. Um, and then another one, um, which come this, these come from uh, techjury.com, and you can go there to find their, I like the actual specific sources where they got it from. Um, but users spend an average of two hours, 51 minutes a day on their smartphones. In comparison, quality time they spend with their families amounts to less than 45 minutes a day, which I was like, wow, that's crazy. Hmm. Um, average user touches their phone 2,617 times a day, and the average smartphone owner unlocks their phones 150 times a day. I saw that, guys. You guys were touching your phone. I saw that. You busted. I, I, my hands burned from holding phone, so. <laughs> Conviction. Um, and then 66% of the population uh, shows sign of uh, smartphone addiction or technology addiction. Um, nomophobia. Yeah, nomophobia. Nomophobia. Nom- <sighs> nomophobia. Thank you. Is that the fear of Thank gnomes? Thank you. I've really Almost. had trouble pronouncing things today. Like, not we were joking about it earlier today. Normally, I'm pretty good, but today I'm off. Anyway, it was named the People's Word of 2018. Nomophobia. Yeah. Well, if you don't know what that is, it's basically the fear of not having your smartphone in hand, yeah. essentially. So, like, FOMO. The, that's the fear of missing out, which is definitely so, yeah. connected to it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah, it's crazy. And yeah. it's amazing how it affects, like, if you're on your phone that much or, like, you have mm-hmm. that much screen time, like, how does that affect, like, consciously and subconsciously, like, yeah. how you act during the day? Like, how much yeah. sleep do you get? Like, mm-hmm. what if you're always having to have your phone in your hand, you know, what are you missing out on? Yeah. Well, too, and we we don't we won't really talk about this in this episode, but there's a lot of like research and questions on like how much does that actually affect your brain chemistry and like gray matter and all of that kind of stuff, um, which we won't get into. But really fascinating stuff. Um, so yeah, those are just a few uh, statistics, and those are really just talking about your phone. So when you really think about like how much time are you on your computer in front of a TV, different things like that, it's probably going to be even like more drastic. Um, And so I think this helps put things in a little bit of perspective. I think sometimes we don't realize just how much, how big a part of it it plays in our lives and how addicted we really are to these things. Um, Well, it's crazy. Think about like as a functioning member of society, how much can you get done without your phone? mm -hmm. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Now it's now we live in such a fast paced world where people expect immediately results and answers. And yeah. so like even just for your job and stuff, mm-hmm. like you feel I know I sometimes feel like I have a responsibility or an obligation to immediately respond to things um as I see them happen and we'll talk about that a little bit more. But so we're just gonna talk a little bit more, dive a little deeper into this and how technology affects us on our individual lives. Um, and then our interpersonal lives of those around us. And then uh, even on a kind of a global, national, cultural, societal scale on a larger level. Um, and then maybe bring some practical applications to this and ask really, okay, so now what? Um, so first, technology affects our individual lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we probably see this most in our um, sleeping and working habits and subconscious habits i know like for work the other day i was like okay i'm just gonna like test and see like how often do i reach for my phone and stuff like that and it was like pretty often um and we don't realize i was reading an article that was saying like it's not just about how many times a day um you reach for your phone like affects your work habits but it's like how you do it like how it's spaced out because every time you switch from a task or get interrupted it um there's a longer period of time that your, um, like your workflow, your how productive you are. That's that's what I'm. Gotcha, talking. gotcha. Yeah, productivity. Yeah, yeah. thank you. <laughs> it's been a really long day, guys. I got you, man. Thanks, <clears throat> thanks. But all of that decreases. So every time you go for your phone, you know, you may only be on your phone for three seconds, but there's ten minutes before you're really back into your routine. Yeah. And so if you're t- like the average person checks it like thirty times during their work hours. And so you take that and you multiply how many, how many minutes it takes away from your routine, and it really cuts down on how productive you are. Okay. Yeah. Um, at my work, we have tablets in the entrance of all of our buildings, hmm. and we use them. It has a scanner. We use them to scan barcodes, to mm-hmm. process work orders, to um, clock in, and um, so all every minute of our day is basically being calculated. Hmm. So it got to the point where they had to put a basket outside of the bathroom with a sign saying, please leave your phones in this basket oh, while you're in the bathroom. Interesting. Yeah, because yeah. it's affecting people's time on their phone on, in their work. Fun thought. How many like <laughs> how many work hours a year do you spend in the bathroom? <laughs> like when you add up like uh, whatever, an oh, average of five, man. ten minutes a day, like that's got to add up. 
where you're getting paid you that's wild to use the bathroom anyway <laughs> and this has come up on the podcast a lot but i'm lactose intolerant <laughs> so like Same. so when i used to drink like protein shakes oh, and like God. with like milk in it and stuff before i knew that i was intolerant to the lactose and yeah dude it was real yeah. <laughs> if you eat pizza the night before and come into work it's not a good day. <laughs> I don't want to know. It's not a good day. Oh, my goodness. So that was working habits, but sleeping habits, too. Like, think how many hours we lose from sleep um, on our phones. I don't know. I wonder if it, like, it affects us if we have, like, a lot of people sleep with their phones right next to them. I wonder if that, like, affects oh, yeah. our brains sure or not. It does. There's been a lot of studies. I don't have any hard facts on this, but there's mm-hmm. been a lot of studies about people that sleep with their phones versus people that sleep without their phones. And mm. the, I mean, nine times out of 10, the people that yeah. sleep without their phones get better sleep. Probably because they're simply not on their phones as late, you know? Yeah. Um, but so, anyway, but like subconscious habits too, like how many times do you like just reach for your phone almost subconsciously? Like, Oh, like obviously when a notification goes off, but sometimes even when not, you're like, Oh, let's see if something like, wait, what? Sorry, ingrained. I was looking at my phone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah it's like, uh, <laughs> It's Jared. it's basically like when your brain doesn't when you don't know what to do next or yeah. when you're having like a pause mm-hmm. in your productivity it's like got to check the phone got to touch it you yeah. know it's yeah crazy hmm then it makes me think about and you, you guys know I'm always going into the spiritual aspect of things why would you do that on this pod no, Come on. I, don't, I don't know I don't know <laughs> it's just a weird habit I have I guess um but like it makes you think about like if if we look at our phones that much are we making that an idol mm. i would yeah yeah, yeah. The, i mean the phones are definitely like everybody in our culture has one however right. like you do kind of need one now like it's right. hard to function yeah because yeah. a lot of times your work will require you to at least be accessible mm-hmm. and um you know when you need to call your family like i so i know a couple of guys that still have basic phones and i think Flip they're phone. way happier than everyone else yeah i yeah. thought about I, that honestly <laughs> i was like you know should i but i use it for work and ministry a lot like i do a lot of work yeah. on my phone yeah. and i'm like oh, that would be i had a flip but. phone when i was working in the restaurant industry as like a mental and spiritual cleansing in mm-hmm. my life and uh, oh man it was so good it was mm. so good and the only reason i went back was because i have things that i need to do on it yeah that i was prohibited by because i couldn't have a smartphone yeah it's it's kind of sad. Like there are times where I'm like, I wish I could just get rid of all social media, all these things, but it always keeps coming back to like, oh, I need it for work, I need it for ministry, everything. But well, it makes me think about like moving into our next topic. Yeah, you know about interpersonal relationships, about how um, relationships are impacted. Yeah, by smartphones. Like yeah. you know if, and, and we'll get into this in a minute, but like the digital self aspect of things, like who you create yourself to be online. Yeah. And not only like create, but like in that documentary, I don't remember the guy's exact phrasing, but he was really talking about the idea how like your digital life is so intertwined with your real life and the younger generation, like their whole identity um, is not like there is this fact of like, this is identity we put forward on social media and things like that. But like just communication wise, it's like all completely intertwined and inseparable where the relationships we have are really built on digital media. I was even thinking like my wife and I, when we were dating, like we were dating long distance. And so like for a couple of years, like all of our communication happened digitally. Um, and not saying that's necessarily a bad thing, but even just that thought alone, like, you know, man, it's interesting. Yeah. 
And on the same token, like we talked about it, and I think in the last or no two podcasts ago, we talked about just briefly about the selfie generation mm. and how it can, you know, there's a lot about the phones and technology that we are is a part of our life, but then at the same time, our life becomes a part of about about us and not about anyone else. Mm. Um, so it was like a narcissistic yeah, mentality. Yeah, I mean, there's a front camera on your phone yeah. facing <laughs> your own face. Yeah. Well, it, it's interesting. Uh, I'm going to try to, I have a lot to say right now, but I'm going to try to keep it short. When I was in college, I studied, I studied sociology. That was my major. And a lot of my research was on the digital media aspect of things, specifically what's called the digital self. Now you, you have a personality, in your life. Like you, Jared, you, as you sit across the table from me, you have a personality, you have a persona that exists in front of me that we can communicate with. Travis, you're the same. Now, when you created your Facebook profile, you might not have noticed this, but you are now creating a different version of yourself mm-hmm. because now you're not, I mean, think about it. When you're with me and we're having a conversation, you as a person are fully in front of me. Like we are fully together. You can't really hide anything from me. Uh, that sounded creepy, but uh, you can't. <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> yeah. You can't really hide uh, crucial parts of your personality mm-hmm. from me, as I said across from you. But on the digital media world, like on Facebook mm-hmm. or Twitter, you can pick and choose what people see you know, regarding you, you can, you can create a persona that's different from what you are in real life. And that's called the digital self. And I'm sure we can all relate to this because as you post online, I'm sure you don't really post the bad and awful things about your life. You really only post the, the fun, great things that people are going to look in all, uh, about when they see your profile. But, uh, it's interesting. I wrote a 60, I think it was like a 64 page paper in college about the relationship between Facebook profile pictures and identity expression. Mm. And now that I think about it, it's like, wow, that was kind of a waste of time, but not really. <laughs> uh, it was my thesis paper, but like, think about it. We're meant, we're a people meant to be in community and social media can be a great tool at connecting people. Uh, but usually we are apart when we're using it. So we're, we are, you know, using it, trying to connect to each other, but we're apart all at the same time. Can I, can I just mention something that's really interesting about that is when people are together on their phones, it creates a very awkward atmosphere. (laughs) It does. Like everyone's sitting on their phone in the room and nobody's talking to each other, but they're all texting. Everyone like is thinking in the back of their mind, but they're not actually saying it. Like, this is really awkward. I'm going to leave. How do I talk to people? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and a lot of times like, you're exactly right. We're alone together. I mean, think about that. That's actually a book I read in college, I think, about technology. Like, we're increasingly uh, more connected, but we're also increasingly becoming more alone. And a lot of times, uh, let's think, let's look at comparison. Okay, so when young people especially are on social media, they're comparing themselves to other people on social media, whether it's beauty or talents, popularity, you name it, it's being compared and it's uh it's being watched so when when you present your digital self as a better version of yourself and people are comparing themselves to the best parts of you and they're recognizing that they have faults that they might not think you have like they think you're perfect based on your your digital media i mean people are often you know people people wonder why depression and anxiety are at an all-time high 
And social media, I think, is a big part of this. I mean, young girls are not eating because they want to be as skinny as other girls. Uh, you know, they're wearing less clothes to try to be as attractive as the other popular girls that they might see as being prettier because that's all that they post online. Young men might feel shame because they might not, you know, feel as skilled as some of the DIY guys on Facebook or something like that. So it's really interesting. The examples are endless. And uh, yeah, don't compare yourself to other, like, it's huge. I'm going to show my age here for a minute. But last night, my wife was explaining to me what TikTok is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not on TikTok. I, and I, it's literally that it's people just comparing themselves to the original of mm-hmm. a video and it's horrendous. And it's exactly what you just explained. It's yeah. so crazy. Well, and like shame, guilt, jealousy, sadness, depression, all of these can be outcomes of that comparison. Comparison is a thief of joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're sitting there and you're, you're constantly comparing yourself to someone who's only putting out their best self online and it's going to steal your joy from you if you if you think that your identity is rooted there. And a lot of times this jealousy, sadness, depression, you know, sometimes that can lead to the worst, which is suicide. And on average, I pulled a stat this morning, there's 123 suicides per day. Now, given not all of those are attributed to social media comparison, that kind of stuff. So, but some of them are, some of them are. And I know there was one in my community a few years back, especially that was like kind of big time. It really hit home for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. I know we've all probably known one, if not more that have committed suicide and it just, it does, man, it rocks the community. So social media, especially, right. So we're talking about big tech. Social media is kind of like the big part in the big tech industry. Mm -hmm. It can be a relationship breaker or relationship maker. And I'm not saying that Again, I'm not saying that social media is going to lead to suicide. That's a very drastic comparison. Um, But dangerous things happen when our identity is wrapped up in the digital self. When you're fully uh, diving into your online identity, neglecting your actual identity, uh, you lose yourself. And you can pursue this perfect version of yourself that is just going to get you more likes or more followers. So it's a dangerous thing. You know, like we were talking about, we're increasingly becoming alone together, which is a weird concept. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting, like, and, and now we're kind of starting to get into what goes on be- behind the scenes, which is what I think is one of the most fascinating parts. Because people, I think, in general, kind of have an understanding of the, the negative side effects of social media and things that we've talked about. I think we need to be rem- reminded of them, but you you. you been starting to hear this for a little while now but i don't think people really understand like what's really going on behind the scenes and um so maybe let's spend a little time talking about that um have you guys like read anything about this or or looked into this at all i don't want to get too far into conspiracy but like i know that uh when you when you're dealing with big tech and online community a lot of times like for example facebook you know, do they or do they not have people monitoring what things are put out there? Are they biased, conservative, right. or liberal? So, like, there's a lot to think about in terms yeah. of what content you're actually consuming. Yeah. And that that may or may not be good. I, I don't know. I don't want to get too far into that. But Yeah, yeah, I know. And 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 the documentary we watched touched on some of that. And, I, again, a documentary is always made for a purpose and to influence. And you could tell, like, 
you know, what their purpose was just by the mood, like the mood in the interviews and like the camera angles and everything like that. So, um, I think their goal is to show how drastic it was. And, and I think it is in some, in, in a lot of respects, but I don't think people realize like that, uh, one of the key phrases they use in the documentary is like, you're really not the consumer. You're, you're the product being sold. And so like people don't realize like it's really an information gathering and selling business. Um, when you're online, everything you do is being carefully tracked and recorded. You can buy, uh, I did this in college for a project. You can buy data from Twitter Hmm. on people. So you can actually buy like, okay, uh, Twitter, I want to buy um, information on 10 million U.S. citizens and what they are searching for in terms of hashtags. Mm. Like you, you can actually buy data, which is crazy. Yeah. And there's ethical, there's like ethical hoops you have to jump through because obviously if you're doing it for research, you have to get permission from your research board and all that stuff. But yeah, man, it's crazy how accessible that is and how easy it is for Twitter to just say, yep, here. Yes, that's not yeah. scary. Yeah, and we don't we don't really read that fine print. We're just like, oh, it's a free, you know, it's a free platform. But yeah. it's really not it's free. They're making tons of money on it, and they're right. really selling your information. Well, it's a good thing that the Happy Holy Hour is not on Twitter. <laughs> We're, not, We're not on Twitter. <laughs> we don't tweet. Well, can we talk about for a second, um, <clears throat> like media bias? Mm. So, like, especially now, like on. We're in election season. Yeah. When this is recorded, we are still like three weeks out ahead of the presidential election in the United States. But I know a lot of people will only watch news from like one news source, which leads to a crazy amount of just confirmation bias. Mm -hmm. Um, And that happens when you're only surrounded by the news or information that you like. You know, you're just you're you you have an opinion. You're listening to biased news, and they tell you what you want to hear, and you're like, "Good, I'm right." You know. Yeah. But like the biggest example of this, I would say, you know, it, it's on both sides. Like, let's acknowledge that for a second. Fox News is essentially conservative propaganda. CNN is also just liberal propaganda. So it's on both sides of the aisle. And uh, to find like actual information that is not like biased nowadays is actually really hard. You have to do some searching, and you have to know how to search it. Yeah. Like you can't just expect it to be given. Well, to I you. think too, like given how much, you know, big tech like knows you, understands you, because it's really like these algorithms. And I don't know necessarily how they work, but they're really learning you. They're learning what you like, what you don't like, what your habits are, what's going to keep, because their goal is to keep you more and more engaged on the screen. Yeah. Well, um, and so that they can sell more to... information. But since they're able to do that, like that's going to multiply the effects of the you know, the confirmation bias because it's going to gather, oh, he likes whatever, yeah. this this uh, political party or that, and then all they're going to do is, like, they're going to leave out the other things you don't like and just, you know, channel everything that you do like. And so you're going to be more and more in your little greenhouse bubble. So yeah. I think it's getting harder to actually engage with people in a meaningful way that maybe disagree with you. I mean, you can always comment and stuff on people's things, sure. but really, like, do you really understand the arguments from the other side? Have it's hard to actually get to the uh, like the actual events or what someone like actually said. It. Yeah, the Truth. the root source mm. of it, and I think that's what we need to do as much as possible. Well, you know what? Like all the media bias, you know what that leads to mm-hmm. is sensationalism. Right. So now, not only do you have people that are just simply misinformed, you have people that are very passionate about the misinformation that they have. Yeah. 
And it, that leads to sensationalism. So like, yeah, like you said, it's important to kind of get out of your bubble a little bit and try to get to that source of truth. And, yeah. uh, but all while standing firmly on the word of God, yeah. uh, you know, it's important to, to do that being Christian, uh, I guess a little segue into like Christianity in this episode, we are the happy holy hour, aren't we? Um, <laughs> being Christian doesn't mean being sheltered. Mm-hmm. Christians should be, actually be really good discerners. I mean, wouldn't you yeah, agree? No. And uh, making we should be making decisions based off of wisdom uh, that would ultimately glorify God rather than just like the sensational human uh, just like the feelings that we get off of the news that we watch. Yeah, yeah, because it's crazy now. Like you look at the world and you're like, how how do we get here and all the crazy stuff? How is this allowed to go on? How do people like buy into this stuff? But it's actually really simple because we're like, okay, we are like we get all of our information basically from digital media. Digital media like knows exactly what you like and filters exactly what you're going to want to believe as truth. And like, so your whole world, if you only engage with one news source or whatever, like your whole like understanding of what current events actually happen, what someone actually said is going to be totally skewed, like skewed. So like, yeah, if we get, cause now you go to the root source (coughs) of what someone said and you watch one news station, one news station, you're like, they're polar opposites and neither of them is what like, you're like, how did you get that out of what the person actually said? Yeah. But then you talk to someone and they're like, you know, enraged about whatever and you're like actually like <laughs> this is what actually happened but they never went to the root source so sure. i think it is super important and and now you know people's ability um i guess it's just been enhanced you know like this has always been something a danger that we can fall into but now it's it's even easier because we're so disconnected from other people around us yeah. and we can tailor whatever um sources of information are coming coming into a, uh, yeah. our lives so i had a conversation with somebody at work the other day um and they were asking me like how do you know when you're making the right choice like and he this guy that i'm talking to he's on the fence about christianity mm-hmm. um and he's like how do you know when is the right choice like if you if everything you do is just filthy rags because we were having a conversation mm-hmm. about good deeds and I told him, like, the only way that you can know what you're doing is the right thing is by looking at absolute truths. Mm. And the only way, the only absolute truth we have in this world <clears throat> is God's word. Amen. Um, so when we look at the Bible, we see God's wisdom. We see his discernment. And we learn how to apply that in our day-to-day lives. Mm. And I think that's something that's getting lost in our generation. Yeah. I had a, I had a friend actually talk to me the other day. They were like, so you're, you do a podcast called the happy holy hour. I said, yeah. He said, uh, what's your sales pitch? Huh? It's like, that's actually a really great question. And I actually, <laughs> the first thing that I went to is, uh, you know, our culture loves to pick apart and destroy absolute truth. Like you said, we're, we live in a postmodern culture and, Young people like us in our generation are just accepting that, and um, they're not they're not critical anymore about what is absolute truth. So then I was like, you know, our podcast, every topic it seems like when we talk about things, we're always digging back to that absolute truth. How do we mm-hmm. how do we connect this issue with the Word of God so that we can mm-hmm. apply it to our lives? And yeah, like you said, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like when we're looking at news sources and we're sensationalized by the by media and politics is just digging under our skin. You know, what can we do to remedy that? 
Let's look to the Word of God. It's absolute truth. Let's look to the hope that is Jesus Christ, and let's not be so like, you know, like, oh man, if the Democrats are elected, the Antichrist is coming. It's like, okay, listen, listen, God is sovereign. Yeah. I just did the Trump hands oh, if you God see the video. Is... But God is sovereign. This truth is huge. <laughs> and it's huge. But like, he's not surprised yeah. by where our nation is. He... You know, Westminster Confession of Faith, God has or preordained everything that comes to pass. All all of this is that's happening has happened before. Yeah. And you There's know nothing new under the sun. Exactly. Right? And you know, I think about like Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel. Or uh yeah. They they were in a, a area that was besieged by Babylon and they were under a um pagan idol worshiping country that was reigned by this iron fist regime nebuchadnezzar and like their people were being enslaved and it was just horrendous and yet daniel and the three still trusted god and listened to his word amen and what came out of it they were saved from a fiery death being mauled by lions i mean Daniel survived through what four different regimes, and it's because he understood that God is in control. Mm. Nebuchadnezzar may have control over the city, but God is over control of Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, the he yes. has the heart of the king. Right? Yeah, he raises them up and tears them down. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So I guess some a little bit of avocation. This is interesting because this episode is going to be released after the election. Yeah. So right now, <laughs> yeah. we have no idea what's going to happen. But yeah. what we do know is that the Lord is sovereign. Mm. It's going to be okay. It's going to be great. And so. that's the absolute truth. And that is the truth. So, Travis, uh, we're running out of time. Yeah. Why don't you take us through some applications? Yeah, absolutely. Because we've talked about a bunch of different things and a bunch of different segues and, and For what uh, is rabbit most trails. Definitely not most a conspiracy. Definitely, right. Episode. It may have sounded like it, but... Again, that's that's not what we're trying to be, and and it's not a healthy way to approach this. Being a little more serious, you know, but I do think it's healthy to be informed. And we mentioned this, yeah. understand the bigger picture of what's going on, so we can act wisely and be discerning when it comes to digital media and the role it plays in our lives, um, which is what we should be doing in every area of our life, <laughs> in our lives, life, and then our life. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Everyone look awkwardly into the camera. <laughs> All right. Well, so, so, so let's just bring this back to a couple points of just really basic application because digital media is a huge part of our lives and um, it is important. It can be addictive. It can be unhealthy. There are uh, unhealthy side effects to it. So, just number one point of application is understand the bigger picture, understand what's going on behind the scenes, um, and and why it works the way it does. Um, do a self-assessment is number two and see how much digital media is affecting your individual life and your personal life in the world in which you live. That's a um, big one. Like, yeah, that like we went through that quick, but like understand it's a big one. Do a self-assessment, like yeah. sit back and really look. Uh, I know how many Apple, times you are, how many hours do you spend on a yeah, day? And Apple actually yeah. provides that tool. You I can get actually, a week update like was I more or less <laughs> on my phone? Sometimes it's up 30%. Sometimes it's down 20%. Like, but yeah, so like really do a self-assessment um, and and take control of how much time you're spending. Yeah. Don't let it get away from you because it really can. Um, number three is understand that it's addictive and why it's 
addictive and so pervasive is because that's the way it's designed. Mm. They want you to be on the phone. Why why do why do you scroll on your phone? They studied how um, gambling worked in the slot machines and and our our brains we like to do that motion of pulling down. That's why it's scrolling. You know, like these things were thoughtfully designed. Millions of dollars were per- poured into it and you have people's jobs are to, you know, design these things so that they're more and more addictive um, and pervasive. So you'll spend more and more time on it. So they gather more and more information and they mark more money by selling it. So, Mm. you know, and, you know, you could be like, well, that's unethical. That's whatever. You don't care. But that matter of fact, that's how it's designed to be. So understand that because that will help you in fighting how addictive it is. And and that leads us into number four. Um, It will help us put healthy restrictions on your, on our digital media life. And, and also while you're doing this, these restrictions uh, include some accountability. Don't try to do it on your own. It can be a fun experiment. Do it with a group of friends, with your spouse, as a family. Me and my wife, uh, we're trying to work through how to best do this in our lives individually and as a family right now. It's not easy, um, especially like when you use digital media. I, I use it for work, for ministry. Um, I, you know, We're both taking courses online right now. And so, like for instance, I had to be up late um, putting together this uh, podcast episode past my own self-appointed kind of digital uh, curfew because I like to leave a little bit of time um, before I go to bed that's digital free to read a book or whatever. Um, and so some of the ones we've been trying to do, the one I just mentioned is like a little curfew where you're not using it past a certain point. Um, you know, don't uh, have a place in your house where you put all your electronics to charge at night. You know, don't keep them in your bedrooms or things like that. Um don't have them at the table. Just really practical stuff. Um, turn off notifications. Uh, delete your so- social media off your phone if you can. You can have it. You know, you <laughs> best probably would be delete your whole account, but a lot of us can't do that. But maybe even delete it off your phone so you can still access it on your access it on your computer. But it's not always there. Um, have certain times you'll check your social media, maybe once in the morning, once in the evening, and then have a digital media fast. This is really helpful. You know, when you go on a vacation and stuff, consider, you know, uh, turning off all your social media accounts and taking a break from that and really connecting with, um, those meaningful relationships that you have right around you. So, you know, those are some really practical ones that we tried to implement. And again, it's not easy. You won't do perfect at it, you know, um, but every little bit helps, I think. And then number five is you should, use digital media in a way that's um Christ honoring, God honoring, that's Christ like. Be a Christ uh Christ like content creator. That's something yeah. my professor uh hammers into his students all the time. Um these are all digital media students who will go on to be um photographers, videographers, graphic designers or whatever and um uh, we need to be not just consumers but um, creators and creators of content that really brings glory to God and is a good testimony and witness to those around us. So Amen. I've yeah. got a really good challenge for our listeners. Um, select at, at the very least, you can go up to an hour. You can do less than that. I do an hour of screen time lockdown. So you, you if you have an iPhone, you can literally lock yourself out of your phone mm. for an hour. Select an hour in your day that you know you don't need your phone, mm. have it every day, spend time with your family for at least an yeah. hour. Mm. Like, it's not yeah, because it's sad. It's sad how easy it is. I have kids. It's sad sometimes. I look up, I'm like, man, 
my kids are like playing and I'm missing out on time because I'm aimlessly scrolling through social media. Like I'm never going to get that time back and they need that interaction. Like why, you know, so there's, there's better things we can be doing with it. We're not saying it's evil. We're not saying you can't have it. Uh, we're just saying be wise with how you use it. It can be used for wonderful things. And, you know, we talked yeah. earlier about how dangerous the digital identity mm-hmm. is on social media, but, you know, like I said, Social media especially can be a relationship breaker, but it could also be relationship yeah. makers. I mean Yeah, I mean every our ministry, our podcast yeah, ministry, yeah. how like you, we've had really great conversations and yeah. connections and being able to share the gospel through social media, through other digital yeah. media platforms. And so. and I had a one of our listeners is actually from a country called Malawi, which mm-hmm. is in Africa. And yeah. he found us on social media, and that that's where, uh, you know, that's how he gets the content. That's how they figured out that we're a podcast. So, like we're yeah. reaching, we're reaching people all around the world because yeah. of social media. So it's not all bad, but no. like you said, be a Christ-like content creator, yeah. uh, making sure that whatever we're doing, we're doing it for the glory yeah. of God. Amen. And uh, yeah, man. Any uh, concluding thoughts, guys? I just got to say, it's no small coincidence that Apple's icon is a bitten fruit. <laughs> conspiracy theory. <laughs> I was like, oh, we no. need a like conspiracy theory alert button. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah. Okay, we, we barely touched on conspiracy theories in this, but it'd be funny to do a whole episode. We, that would be fun. On just, that would be fun. Look through all of the conspiracy theories. <laughs> just like, yeah. what are your thoughts? Anyway, yeah. no, like concluding thoughts, I think, you know, this is all really interesting and I think that there's a lot more to it than what meets the eye. Uh, When people are on their social medias, on Facebook, on Instagram, like you said, it was designed to be addicting. And um, we might think we have full control over how much time we spend on there. But I I mean, if you try to limit yourself, I guarantee it'll be difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it's very interesting stuff. But at the end of the day, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God, including, I mean, especially now in election season, how you post online, mm-hmm. what you say to people yeah. uh, is so important. And, you know, that could make or break relationships. It's yeah. it's so important. Yeah, that's a little bit of a throwback. Um, we did an episode on social media and Christians and, and how we should uh, act on social media a couple episodes ago. So um, if you're interested in that, check it out. Throwback, because this was more about some big picture stuff. But if you're looking for really practical, like how should we really um, act on social media as Christians, go back to that one. Um, yeah, we're living in crazy mind blowing times. I personally find this stuff super fascinating. And even if you're not into technology, um, it's into you. (laughs) So you need to spend some more time learning about how it's affecting you seriously, guys. Um, it's our job as Christians. So, um, my more serious conclusional thought would be as you're going through your day, whether it be on your phone or on a laptop or at work, just, Use wisdom mm. with what you post. Use discernment on what you say, um, and get that wisdom and discernment from yeah. God's word. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for today. And speaking of social media and digital media, you uh, should subscribe to us to get the most recent podcast downloaded to your device and leave a review, a five star review. If you're not going to leave a five star review, then you know don't, don't worry, have leave to it. Leave it. it. Yeah. No. <laughs> Don't do it. Seriously, we do want your honest yeah. feedback, though. So if yeah. you have any tips on how Maybe to make this... Maybe just privately, though, so not publicly. <laughs> so, <you know. laughs> we've, we've gotten some wonderful feedback from people that have messaged and us. Some and some constructive uh, criticism as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. So we accept it. 
Um, you can follow us on social media, um, on Facebook or Instagram. We are not on Twitter, as uh, previously <laughs> mentioned. And uh, you can visit us at the, the or do you say the happy holy www.thehappyholyhour.com. There it is, is folks. T H H A. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, on there you'll find blog posts, videos, free resources, all sorts of stuff. So definitely check us out on there. And we'll see you next time on the Happy Holy Hour. Peace.